Attention listeners, this episode contains extremely graphic and descriptive sexual content. If you are under the age of 18, it is not advised that you listen to this episode. Also, we will be covering potentially offensive views of Christianity. And if you don't like it, you can eat my pussy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, Springheel Jack. And I needed a bit of a palate cleanser going through the Jonestown records. I wanted to break it up a little bit because what's quickly becoming a fucking fucking master's course on Jim Jones is uh, kind of wearing me out. And I'm sure that you guys are tired of hearing about Jim Jones in such agonizing detail also. So... This is something else that most people, right off the bat, might not consider scary, but when you consider the context and consider the audience, it's fucking terrifying. So, this is a first-hand account. This is a... Okay, let me, let me back up a little bit. So, according to my demographic chart, I'm just about the age of uncles to most of my listeners. I'm like creepy uncle age. Uh, too young to be a sibling, or too old to be a sibling, too young to be a parent, but old enough that there's a generational gap. At least the people that have uh, answered Buzzsprout survey or whatever the fuck it was. So, I went to Catholic high school. Uh, I am no longer religious, if you couldn't tell from my uh, just blatant trash-talking of religion. There's a very good reason for that. And uh, today we're going to be discussing one of the huge contributing factors. And uh, Catholic school does not teach sex ed, per se. They have a health class where they kind of gloss over it. But we had, uh, within the first week of fresh freshman year, we had an abstinence retreat. I went to an all-guys school, too, so keep that in mind. With the sister school that came down the hill to sit in an auditorium with us and listen to some fucking nerd talk to us about fucking. And um, he actually wrote a book, and it's called Sex Has a Price Tag. Discussion is about sexuality, spirituality, and self-respect. And it has a real groovy-looking Asian girl on the front that just looks guilty as fuck. So, I'm scared of nuns to this day. Am I being serious? Fuck yeah, I'm being serious. So, sex has a price tag. It's pretty redundant. That's the third page that says it on there. Ah, here we go. A reading from the book of not fucking. Whether you're a guy, a girl, young and old, whether you're from a big city, the suburbs, a small town, the country, whether you've dated, a ton, never, now and then, once or twice, whether you get this book from your parents, your best friend, your boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe you're standing in a bookstore right now, scanning this chapter, laughing your dick off with your buddies and trying to decide what you think. May have taken some liberties on that part, though. As long as you're living and breathing, and a human being that's interested in the topic of fucking, and it's pretty much everybody, 
I guarantee that you'll find at least one idea in this book that will affect your life. Pretty much everybody starting with your priests. But if you're a teenager who's trying to sort through the bombardment of sexual messages you're getting from the media, the schools, and your friends, and your parents, this is also written like a third grade juvenile delinquent wrote it. It's fucking rough. <sighs> kind of like those pamphlets that they just look like they printed them at home and are handing them out. You know the ones I'm talking about where it's like, repent sinners, the end are near. Oh yeah. I get those at work a lot. Uh, not only will I guarantee you'll find at least one idea in this book that will affect your life. You fuck the whole thing, man. I'll go so far as to say that the information contained in this book will change or even save your entire life. Oh, indeed. It will change your entire life, that's for sure. Considering the hundreds of books available on dating and fucking, that's a pretty bold statement to make. But it's not bold when you have the power of Christ on your side, son. After all, what could one book possibly have to offer that all the other ones don't? Have you ever gone shopping for something like shampoo or toothpaste? Or any of the other stuff that nobody wants to spend money on, but everybody has to have. Man, fuck, dude, maybe where you're from. And found yourself paralyzed by ridiculous numbers of products? No, I can't say that I have. There are literally hundreds of shampoo options. Different fragrances, different colors, different sizes, different brands, different features, different ingredients, and different promises. I think he's talking about penises. Wouldn't it be nice if there weren't so many choices? Fucking shut down soup plantation then, man. Same principle applies. I feel like if we shut down soup plantation and hometown buffet on his principle theory, he'd be a very unhappy guy. Or, if someone was honest enough to hang up a big sign that said, All of these shampoo products do basically the same shit to your head, so quit stressing out about which one is best and just buy one already, goddammit. There are many different books on fucking and dating, and there are many different shampoos. Each one is a little different than the other. There are some great books out there, books that contain real truthful information and great advice. You might have read some of them already. I definitely spend my time in the bookstore reading about not having sex. There are also some rotten books out there written by the devil himself full of stupid philosophies and horrible ideas. Maybe you've read some of these too. Hopefully. Then there are books with information both good and bad, and these books give truthful information but bad advice. Or good advice, but no truth to back it up. I call that religion class. The book is an attempt to offer you both good advice about sex... Okay, for fuck's sake. If you're gonna write a preface to your own novel, make it good. Ugh, agonizing. I can't believe I found this fucking book. I didn't know that I still had it. Because I figured if I sat on it for a few years, eventually we'd get a good chuckle out of it. But... I didn't realize how heinously backwards this shit is. Like, keep in mind this is the day that there was still no internet porn, so it's dated, but... It's something I fucking whine about it quite frequently to younger people that have the fucking depths of the internet at their fucking every whim. We had to go, like, make friends with the guy that worked at 7-Eleven back when I was a kid. Yes. Because they had a section that was gated off. Anyway. So, chapter one. And I'm probably not going to have the patience to read through this entire thing. I'm just talking some shit. 
It's the first day of junior high class and you're sitting in the back row with your buds. And you can't decide if you're excited or nervous, scared or thrilled. I'm all of the above, man. You've been waiting for weeks to learn about important stuff like S-E-X. I think he's talking about fucking. But you're not sure you want to be learning it from Mr. Henderson, the seventh grade basketball coach and personal friend of your parents who also happens to go to your church. Uh, I think some of the people in that class might. When Mr. Henderson walks into the room, you know things aren't going to be good. He looks mad. No, he looks worried. Or maybe he looks scared. He clears his throat, glances at the room, and turns to the chalkboard and starts drawing a wiener on the chalkboard. His hands are trembling. At first, the picture looks like a smiley face with two eyes and a tiny little mouth. Then it starts to look like a frog. Make that two smiling frogs. Wait, make that two smiling frogs with a, doing a strange dance. Without turning around, the teacher says, Today we'll be discussing the reproductive systems of boys and girls. Anybody giggles? We'll forget the whole thing and do worksheets for the next four to five weeks. Hmm. <laughs> he points to the first smiling, dancing frog-looking fuck and says, This here is the female reproductive system, comprising of uh, fallopian tubas, Ovarius, uterus, and vagina. He points to the second one and says, this is, Here's the male reproductive system, comprising of urethra, penis, and testicles. At the moment of testicles, you and your friend start giggling uncontrollably. Testicles was Greek, I think. The teacher slams down a piece of chalk, shattering it into dust particles and frantically erases the board. The back of his neck starts to turn bright red and his ears quiver nervously. In a stern but shaking voice, he says, Take out your workbooks, class, and turn to the chapter on personal hygiene, because this week we're going to study body odor. So much for learning about fucking. Nothing is more likely to kill the thrill of junior high sex curiosity than the mention of human sweat. So repressed. Sexual curiosity is normal, especially... In youngsters, in their innocence, they realize that a great mystery surrounds the human body and its many functions. In fact, <laughs> oh, here we go. Mystery is exactly the word the Bible used when describing the relationship between man and woman. I don't think mystery was the word that they used. So how did we end up with the picture of sex so prevalent in today's society? Internet. Let's look at schools first. Sex ed has managed to reduce the mystery of sex to a biological function. What else would it be? The male wiener enters, enters the female vagina. Boom, baby, sex. I don't think that's the entire course load, but that's the biology aspect of it. Of course, schools must cover all the bases, so they add the following. Uh, sex, by the way, can result in pregnancy on, or the uh, unfortunate contraction of an STD, so be sure to use a rubber. It's all open, our rubber condoms, and uh, together practice on using, uh, I mean, just look at it, yeah? And then for good measure, they add one last thing. Remember, don't have sex with anybody until you know when you're ready. <laughs> with any luck, everybody will pass the class, and the whole new population of sexually educated teenagers will hit the streets looking for ass. If you missed this unit at school, don't worry about it. Just watch HBO or something like everyone else. Oh, for fuck's sake. They have a little script here to act out with, uh, choose volunteers from the audience. Girls part. Oh, Jack, we've known each other almost a whole 15 minutes, 
Don't you think it's time we cemented our love by sleeping together right here and right now? Jack says, yes. <laughs> and since our time slot... Oh. Oh, I'm missing a page. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. Our time slot is almost over. There's no time to talk about pros and cons. Let's just do it. Confident that nobody will get pregnant, contract a disease, experience any guilt, feelings, or regret having slept with such a loser. Girl says, Thank goodness, every sexual encounter is always great and perfect. Who'd want to spoil a Sweeps Week episode with a disappointing, unfulfilling, and believable act of sex? Or maybe you'd rather just, you know, watch a movie and talk about my feelings. Boy says, Hey there, young beautiful lady. Why are you gonna jump off the side of that boat in the dark churning waters of the angry ocean? Girl says, Because even though I'm beautiful and wealthy, I haven't yet found a dashing young man to sweep me off my feet and have sex with me. Thus proving that I am vulnerable and unworthy to walk upon the earth. <laughs> oh my god. Boy says, hey, if that's all you want, I'm not busy for the next few days. Days, man. Optimistic boy. What do you say we, uh, spend 48 hours pretending to get acquainted and then get down to business? If you know what I mean. That way, if the boat sinks and one of us drowns, the other will have great memories for the next 50 years. <sighs> I wish I could remember what I had, like, as a consistent meal two years ago. And I don't mean consistent meal in a fucking, like, a sex way. I mean, like, food. Give me a fucking break. Our society, which claims to know so much about sex, according to this book, knows nothing. Actually, less than nothing. If society knew the truth about fucking, it would have to remove fucking from every TV show, every movie, every book, every song, every magazine. <sighs> Do you know why? Because, in all capital letters, at the bottom of the page, with no punctuation, it says, Sex the way it was intended to be could never be reproduced on screen, a CD, or a piece of paper. I don't know why that was all capitalized with no punctuation, but it's very important. And according to this guy, he, uh, he says, he alleges, I've seen no proof to verify this. I recently spoke at a high school summer camp held on prominent Christian university campuses. And the university nurse was there while I spoke, and when I finished, she asked if I could come back in the fall and speak to the college students. She was really concerned that the information I presented wasn't reaching the college age demographic. Oh, the fucking group, all they want to do is fucking drink. She told me that lately she'd had a number of girls come into the health services complaining of sore throats. And she and her staff had performed strep cultures, and they all came back negative, so she suggested they get tested for the chlamydias. Sure enough, the test came back positive. If only it were syphilis. Could have just sat on it for a few years and then spent the twilight years fucking tripping your balls off and fishing into a swimming pool like Al Capone. Men. That happens to men. I don't think that happens to women. You, you guys don't have it fun at all. Here are some facts that schools and the media will never tell you about sex according to this guy. One. Sex is the most awesome, amazing, indescribable, unbelievable, extraordinary tool for giving pleasure to somebody you love. But. Number two. It promises to be awesome, amazing, indescribable, unbelievable, and extraordinary only in the context of a committed, lifelong, one-man, one-woman relationship, a.k.a. known as marriage. Oh, man. Slipped in homophobia and we're only on page six. Because, number three, in addition to being awesome, amazing, indescribable, unbelievable, and extraordinary. Fuck, man. Has this guy... This guy's annoying as shit. Sex is often embarrassing at first and always messy. Assuming everything is in good working order? It... What? Always. 
always messy. Fuck. Like fucking donkeys? What the hell's wrong with this guy? Who would willingly, willingly risk embarrassment with a person who hasn't proven trustworthy? This is where they're ingraining the Catholic guilt. For those of you that don't know what the Catholic guilt is, um, it's guilt that you feel because of things the Catholic Church told you that were wrong. Like, oh God, I'm not even going to get into that, but... Catholic guilt is a very real thing. Why engage in a behavior that's dangerously costly in every instance except one? What costs money? Are you... He's, he's buying hookers. That's what it is. It has to be buying hookers if it's always messy and it's always costly. Who'd spend $60 on a cheap stereo that will only last a few months? Fucking I do! When you could invest that money for a few years, let the principal and interest... Fuck... Yeah, okay, this is dated, when you actually could see the interest. And then buy a quality system that will last you your lifetime. First of all, I'd rather buy a cheap, updated one, when it wore out from overuse, than have a pristine, perfect, top-of-the-line 8-track player that I'll use for two years and then be fucked for, and never get the resale value for it. This dude's a dipshit. Granted. That's a simplified version, but you get the idea. Chapter 2. I do, I don't. <laughs> this guy's such a fucking tool. From the way it's flaunted all over TV, magazines, music, movies, and books, you'd think fucking was one of humanity's greatest inventions. <laughs> God damn it, isn't it? <laughs> it's to fucking keep the species going, that's the point. <sighs> the world takes a lot of pride in its sexual knowledge and ingenuity. It... it... <sighs> Ingenuity. Really? This dude's disturbed, I think. He's, maybe he's one of those sexual deviants I've heard so much about. Society seems to think that biological differences between men and women had no purpose at all until somebody got this crazy idea of shoving boys' part into girls' part. Oh my god. Which makes more sense to you, Adam and Eve accidentally inventing sex after bumping into each other after a day in the- What?! Or sex being part of the original plan when men and women were created by God? Oh my god. In my opinion, it's obvious that sex was part of the original plan, intelligent design, because why else would male and female bodies be different? And how else could the human race have survived in that case, which makes more sense? Then you that sex intended only reproductive purposes, or if that deeper purpose involving a special relationship of love between two people? God, this guy's an idiot. His punctuation is lacking. And when you hear me uh, make the lacking punctuation voice, that's because it wasn't punctuated, and it's one huge run-on paragraph that ended in a question. <laughs> What's more? It's obvious that fucking was never intended to be a simple biological function whose sole purpose was to produce more humans. What is the sole purpose then, maestro? If that were the case, the only reason people would ever fuck would be to create another human being. Uh, isn't that what it was intended for? When's the last time you heard of some guy's pickup line like, Hey yo bitch, I'm feeling a deep desire to produce another human being. Believe it or not, uh, not those exact words, but I had a buddy once. <laughs> uh, he since died, but I have had a buddy that's used that. 
successfully. I don't know. I remember him getting hit in the face that particular time, but everyone hit him in the face. <laughs> um, what is it? It's not whether or not you hit the ball, it's whether you have the courage to swing, or however that shit goes. Well, so, to answer this douchebag's question, probably six years ago I've heard that, so, fuck you. Uh, disproved by science, bitch. Okay, so, oh, it continues, his pickup line. So what do you say, we have sex even though it's a blah boring and neither one of us really wants to do it? Um, I mean, it's like a deterrent, that could work, it's reverse psychology, who knows? Yeah, I don't really want to do this and it's boring as fuck, but... Fifty Shades of Grey sucks, I don't want to watch it, but I guess we can if you want to. I don't give a shit, though. Whatever. You know? In fact, creating another human life is the one thing many people don't want to do when they're fucking. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the people that hang out in bars? Come on, now. Think about it. For a minute or two, what are sexually active teens most afraid of? Of Jesus finding out, of course. God damn it. Clearly, it's pregnancy. Then, they aren't having sex to carry on the human species. No, dipshit, they're practicing for when they're adults. <sighs> Let's review. He has bullet points for all three topics he's covered. In tiny little letters, one, humans did not create sex, God did. Two, in big letters, all caps, since God created sex, he's the one that understands it the best? I don't know why he arbitrarily ends in questions, but I like it. Cause he's stupid. <laughs> uh, lucky for us, he has a number three also, and it says, Since God understands sex better than anybody, a person who wants to have great sex, and why would anybody want to have rotten sex, needs to know where God stands on sex. <sighs> lucky for us, God isn't keeping the truth about sex a secret. He's 100% willing to give us the inside scoops. And here it is. Sex was created for one and only one situation. Marriage. Sex will be all that it can be in one and only one situation, and that is marriage. People who are having sex can be divided in two groups. I love it when it's completely black or white, because the Bible is written near gibberish because it's been translated from dead languages so many fucking times that these black and white statements like, um, like what I'm about to read you, just crack me the fuck up. So, the two groups are those who are married and those who are not. Well, I mean, okay, I suppose that is pretty black and white, but... Those who have discussed getting married, etc., and these labels are an attempt to blur the lines between two clear alternatives. Living in sin or living in God's grace. Something we're all really good at. If the lines are blurred, it's easier to make excuses, and we're all good at that thanks to Satan. Oh my god! Keep in mind, this was read to 13-year-olds. How many times do you have a conversation that goes like this? Parent, did you take out the garbage? Me, no, I forgot, mother, I lost track of time. I was busy doing homework and whatnot, but I meant to take it out. Mother, oh well, it was meant to take it out. That's good enough for me. I mean, the thought that counts, right? Fuck it, it'll do. Alright. How progressive. Either you took the garbage out or you didn't. Do or do not. There is no try. 
That's what Jesus says in the garden. Either you're married or you're not. Either you do or you do not. If you're not married, fucking's not meant for you, it's that simple. Jesus will be goddamn if you're gonna vulcanize the whoopee stick in the ham wallet. So unless my Bible, his Bible, I don't, I don't own a Bible, is missing a few pages, I've never read anything about Adam and Eve saying, hey God, before committing this whole man-woman lifelong relationship thing, can we have a few weeks of, you know, cattle prodding the oyster dish with the lap rocket? Or, uh, dipping the cranny axe in the gut locker? If the sex isn't good, you're gonna have to do a little more of your dust magic and create some options for us. <sighs> Why is it in... If you're not sexually compatible, you have no business getting married! For fuck's sake. Or how about this one? Adam to God. Hey, thanks, uh... Thanks for the woman, I'll use her to learn the ropes, you know, and get the whole man-woman sex thing figured out. And then, when I'm really experienced, I'll let you know so you can create somebody that's worth marrying and new and exciting for me. Wow, that's rude. Please. Please what? Please with no period or anything, no punctuation. Just please, big letters right in the middle of the page. Please, thank you. Here's another one, Adam to Eve. I'm interested in hooking up with you now and then. Let's have sex whenever I'm feeling the need. But the rest of the time, I expect you to stay on your side of the garden. And don't be calling me every night just to talk about bullshit. I'm not looking for a commitment or anything. If you need to talk, you call Jesus. They have fucking websites for this. Seeking arrangement. Oh my god. And it says, so much for the sensitive guy. There are probably a million reasons why the good lord made marriage the dividing line between those who should be fucking and those who shouldn't. I'm gonna give you two. Gonna give me two what? First is the best in the context of marriage. God's guidelines give you the best. What does that mean? Let me read that again. First, pause. There's a comma here for once in this entire book. Sex is best in context of marriage. God's guidelines give you the best. Okay, I don't know what that means because it's written in fucking broken English. And second, God's boundary provides the best and protects the worst. What does that mean? English, motherfucker. Clearly, God's way is best. There can be no more blurring of the separating line. It is marriage and that is all. If you haven't said, I do, you'd better not be doing it. And when he says doing it, he means retrofitting the pudding hatch with the boink swatter. Gentlemen. Yes. Although at this time I was little boy still, I think. Fucking is not a game. Treating a girl with disrespect is not part of being a man. Okay, I can get behind that. Because I'm a woman. Oh, it's not a man. Holy shit. Ever would have known that Pete was a woman's name. Son of a bitch. I can only imagine some of the sexual struggles that men face every day. I don't know firsthand what it's like for you to deal with all that stuff. But I do know this. Fucking does not make you a man. Anybody can do that. It takes no talent or ability. I disagree. My dog does it for crying out loud. I hope you don't do it with your dog, lady. Having sex doesn't prove that you're a man having character 
integrity and respect for women is the real proof of being... I, I can't make fun of that. It's not untrue. And uh, just pointing out also that the people in this book that they have... There's a lot of pictures uh, at the chapter breaks. And they are all very attractive and very confused-looking minorities. <sighs> now that we're all clear on the boundaries for sex, if you're married, go for it. If you're not, don't! And that shouldn't cause any more confusion, and there shouldn't be any confusion from this point forward, right? Wrong. <sighs> the question teens, especially Christian teens, ask me most often is, if I can't have sex until marriage, then what can I do? How far is too far? Where's the line between having a good time and remaining a virgin? The waistline. In other words, if I'm not married, how far can I go? Many teens, especially Christian teens, are willing to live within a clear boundary line of no sex outside of marriage. <sighs> Jesus Christ. As long as they can create a loophole for certain sex activities. How is this done? The same way that all loopholes are created, by blurring the lines. Call Johnny Cochran. In this case, the goal is to make the line dividing fucking and not fucking as fuzzy as possible. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Man, alright. I used to think that teens were the only ones confused about the definition of marinating the nether rod and the squish mitten. But in the past ten years, it's become obvious that a lot of people, even former presidents, are confused about this. He wasn't confused, he was just fucking lying. See that? Slept in the conservative agenda, too. Obviously, it's not an age problem. That was a stab at Bill Clinton for, for you youngsters. He uh, did not have sexual relationship with that woman, although he did have a relationship that was inappropriate, and I believe that was the direct quote. He fucked her face, as far as I know. So, this might be news to you, but intercourse, the male penis entering the female vagina, power drilling the yippy bog with the dude piston, or pressure washing the quiver bone and the bitch wrinkle, or cannonballing the fiddle cove with the porch steeple, is not the only behavior that constitutes fucking. If you've done other stuff, but always stop short of fucking, thinking that it meant that you hadn't had sex and you were still a virgin, you may not like what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway, goddammit. Why? Because you're too important and too special, and life is too precious to live without the truth? Goddammit, bitch. My job isn't to make you feel good or bad about yourself, it's to give you the truth as clearly as possible. You don't have a job, woman. Who are you lying to? The medical line that defines sex is this. Any genital contact at all, whether hand to genital, mouth to genital, genital to genital, is fucking. To put it another way, if you've had any genital contact at all, you've had sex. I remember this when they were reading this in the auditorium that we were all in, and like half the girls in there just fucking start staring at the floor, like maybe a quarter of the guys. These are some of the names for other different kind of genital contacts. Oh my god. <laughs> remember, they're reading this to children. Children. Youngsters. Oh man, uh... Teens often say to me, get real, oral sex isn't actually sex, dip shit. But these are the other names of things that are considered sex. Genital contact, hand job, oral sex, outer course, blow job, so on and so forth. There isn't a single married couple who would buy that bullshit. 
Can you imagine a married man returning from a business trip informing his wife that he'd only had oral sex with some stranger and saying, it's no big deal because that shit doesn't count. It's not the same shit. Infidelity is infidelity. We're not talking about that. It's like complete different subject. Or a married man, or a married woman telling her husband, you know that the guy that works with me and has the office next to me? Sometimes we enjoy touching each other in the crotch, but it's okay because we never get totally naked and we've never had intercourse, so it re isn't really sex. You know what? There's things I'd fucking murder somebody over and there's things I wouldn't, and that's probably in the things I wouldn't category. I think I'd toe the line and say maybe that's like a work through it thing. Whatever. So much for being married happily ever after. So you're just gonna be miserable and married until you shoot yourself? Because fucking getting divorced is uh, not allowed, memory serves. See Henry VIII. I know I have some English listeners, I know I have some Irish listeners. Henry VIII is, uh, the fucking ruined everything. If you were married, would you let your spouse get by with that bullshit? Would you give your husband or wife permission to mess around with another person as long as they promise not to fuck? Uh, she says, of course not, but... As I said, Seeking Arrangement or Kink.com has quite a few people that say otherwise. So, suck my dick, Pete. Actually, don't. Stay away from me. In the previous chapter, I said that the purpose of sex is not just to reproduce with human beings. If it were, then intercourse would be a sole sexual act. Rather, sex is a physical expression of the commitment, trust, and interdependence that defines marriage. That means that sex starts long before a husband and wife are alone in their bedroom, so you're mind-fucking them. When he puts his arm around her in the morning and says, I love you, they can be having sex. When, when she squeezes his hand and smiles at him in a crowd of people, they can be having sex. When two people are married, they can have sex anywhere, anytime, and how great is that? That is not how that shit fucking works. That's a sex offense now. And that's not even what she was saying. Like, that'd be way more fun if that's what she was saying. Uh, who says that God doesn't want you to have fun? Uh, I do. I say that. Clearly, she did not go to Catholic school. He wants you to have a great time, which is only possible in the right context. Oh yeah, good time, God. Several years ago, researchers did a study on who was having the best sex. Conventional wisdom says that people who are having the best sex are those who have had a lot of experience with a variety of partners and who feel free from all the rules and regulations about activities of sex. In other words, the people who have sex whenever they want, with whomever they want, uh, according to the studies that this person doesn't cite, are not having the best sex. In fact, married Christian women are doing the best fucking- let me- fuck this asshole fucking lie-spreading fearmonger bitch. I'm gonna look that study up. Who is having the best sex study results? Okay. Results of a sex study by university researchers revealed, and this is from the University of Chicago Chronicle. A landmark study by researchers based at the university provides the first comprehensive and scientifically accurate study of fucking in America. Uh, researchers say their findings will help Americans, blah, 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 don't care, still don't care, just show me some numbers, baby. God damn it. 72% of women who have had abortions have had only one. Jesus Christ. This is fucking not fun, I wanted a fun one. Oh, man. 
Okay, here we go. And this was taken by somebody. Although I don't recommend comparing your sex life to sex stats, say others consider it to be normal, it could be interesting to see how often other couples have intercourse. Um, oh, this was taken by Durex, the condom company. 96% emotional connections result in the best fucking. 92% sense say they are turned on by their partner being vulnerable. 90% believe it is possible for sex to get better after years of being together. Okay. Uh, 50% are dissatisfied with their bedroom escapades. 37% feel that their time between the sheets ends too quickly. 61% of women and 80% of men say sex is pretty good. Well, I could have told you that. 49% of women and 37 of men say stress turns them off. Fuck, man. I think I know more guys that that's the case for. I'm one of them. Uh... Okay, 84% of women have sex to get their guy to do more around the house. You fucking snakes, I knew it. 12% of married people sleep alone. The average person has sex 103 times a year. 48% of you lying people have faked orgasms. And it's specifying women, but it doesn't have to just be women. Satisfaction with what we do in the bedroom is mediocre. We're not happy as we, w we could or should be, and two-thirds of us feel that way. Half believe our sex lives are boring and lack variety. Half? Just straight 50? Damn. 44% are fully satisfied with their sex lives. That leaves a bit of a percentage left over, slick. 48% usually orgasm. Globally, twice as many men, 64% as women, regularly have orgasms. Yeah, it's much harder for guys to fake it, you cunt. And uh, those over 65 are still fucking more than once a week. People have sex... All right, all right, you, you get the picture. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the, the fucking, the stats corroborate what she said. I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. Maybe married Christian women are having better sex than most of the country. Well, this was a global study, so maybe most of the world. So that's right, church women are the most satisfied group of sexually active people. I'm betting their husbands are pretty happy too. Why, have you had sex with their husbands? You fucking tramp, Jezebel? How cool is that? Scientific research clearly supports what God's been saying from the very beginning. If this woman's actually spoken to God, and she's not talking about just reading the book that some dude wrote 2,000 years ago, I'd be very concerned. He knows all along how we can live life to its fullest. If we'd pay more attention to what he says, we'd all be more satisfied and content. Yeah, if I had got kicked in the head by a donkey when I was a child, I'd be a lot simpler and things would be easier. Fucking moron. Masturbation is another kind of sexual activity. Essentially, it consists of having sex with yourself. And there are many different opinions about it, even within the church. In Chapter 8 of the Book of Not Fucking, I'll lay out some of the physical and emotional consequences of jerking off, of choking the chicken, hiding the rainbow roll, and now that you know the medical definition of sex, in case you didn't, let me draw a really clear line in this sand in order to avoid all the risks associated with sex and to live within God's boundaries. You must not cross this line. No genital contact of any kind outside of marriages. Or this, thou shalt not touch anything that is covered by a modest grandmother-approved bathing suit. Well, I'll make sure to cut the fucking nipples out then. 
Is the line still fuzzy? If so, read the guidelines again. Because uh, when it's proven that when teenagers don't understand something, if you keep repeating it at them, they appreciate it. And they do what you ask, or say, or demand. So even after seeing the clear medical line in the what is sex sand, some of you might still have questions instead of asking, is everything up to but excluding intercourse okay? Now the question is, if everything up to excluding genital contact is okay, so can I like fuck your knee pit and that's fine? Would Jesus forgive me for having sex with somebody's bent knee? Like you bend your leg, make a knee butt, fuck that. Loophole, bitch! Should have been a lawyer. Uh, these are the kind of people who, if given the big wad of cash that we talked about in the first chapter, we talked about money, would be asking, how much am I allowed to spend instead of how much could I save? No shit! Who gets excited to save somebody else's money? That's stealing. If they give it to you to spend, you fucking spend it. That's a stimulus package, and why it didn't work. These are the people who are determined to spend at least something. Hey, asshole, I'm a stress spender. Just gave my credit card to somebody else. Problem solved. And just because they can, if that describes you, consider changing your question to this. How can I save every possible penny now so that I can invest it, let it earn interest, and then spend it and enjoy it later? Okay, I'll save $10 a day, put it in a bank account, and buy a fucking AR-15 and shoot myself in the face because I've been miserable from eating Cheerios for the last six years in poverty. Here's a newsflash for you. Waiting for sex has never hurt anybody. Oh my god. It's not necessarily true. If they're forcing you not to masturbate as well, something hurts. And it's proven scientifically to be unhealthy. I guarantee, this is this woman, Peter, guy guarantees. Guys, you won't die and nothing will fall off. Just feels like you're getting tapped by somebody very hard, light to heavy tapping on the bottom of your scrotum. And girls, you won't turn into a prude. The world won't cast you aside. Oh my god. Rather, you will become known as somebody who has depth, character, integrity, trustworthiness, and self-control. Somebody who isn't controlled by sexual desire like some animal, who stands for something, who's stronger than hormones, and who respects both you and yourself and others. <gasps> Those things are worth far more than any sexual encounter. I've seen enough James Bond movies. I, uh, say bullshit. There's a college student I know who's waiting to have sex until he's married. He's the only guy on the football team who's still a virgin. He asked an older man what he could say to his friends when they ridiculed him mercilessly or mocked his decision. The man said, tell them that you can become just like any of them at any time you want, but they can never again be like you. And that's far more valuable than anything they've ever experienced. I bet every boy in that locker room fucking disagrees vehemently with that statement. And now they probably have pictures to prove it. The decision to have sex is exactly that. A decision. That's fucked up. It's a choice you can say yes to and you can say no to. You're not a farm animal that can't help itself, but some people are, and that's not your fault. I can't begin to count the number of teens who've said to me, But Pete, I didn't mean to have sex. It just happened. Sex doesn't just happen. Uh, well, sometimes. Not even on the farm, I should know. I'm married to a farmer. Ah, so that's your occupation. At any given time, there are some 300 hogs who live outside my back door. That's fucking kinky. 
They spend pretty much their whole lives doing what comes naturally, and even then, sex doesn't just happen. The big bad daddy hog still has to make his way over to the big bad mama sow and do something. Keep in mind, they read this to 13 year olds. There are even some teens who go so far as to say, but Pete, it was an accidente. An accidente? Are you kidding me? If you were walking down the street totally naked and some blind person of the opposite sex, also totally naked, was walking straight towards you and you ran directly into each other at high speed because you didn't realize the other person was blind and you expected the other person to veer off the left or right any second and the person didn't go, so kaboom, there was an accident? Period. But since we've never heard of that actually happening, it's obvious that the whole accident thing is an impossibility. Impossibility? What if she was wearing a skirt and I tripped on a banana peel like a Looney Tunes cartoon? With no pants on. What if I was a gynecologist and I slipped on a banana peel? Uh, if you've had sex with somebody, it didn't just happen. It wasn't an accident. You chose. Clearly, she's never drank ouzo. You need to admit it, own up to it, and call it what it is. It's a sin. Only then can you ask God for forgiveness and experience his amazing grace. God damn it. God promises to forgive all sin and cleanse us from it. And then she, uh, miscited the Bible. 1 John, chapter, oh, verse 9, chapter 1. That's pretty backwards. After taking care of yourself spiritually, the next step is just as crucial. You need to take care of yourself physically. Ah, I think Jesus would disagree. Strong in faith. For those of you who are Christians, who've given your life over to Jesus Christ, and have a personal relationship with him, the Bible leaves absolutely no question about your behavior. Oh, it leaves me with a lot of questions. Fucking written in broken English. In the case that you haven't noticed, we live in a world that loves fucking credit cards. Oh, I do. Practically nobody has enough money to buy everything. Everything that they want. Notice that I said want, not need. I did that on purpose, because I'm such a clever writer. <laughs> Even if they did, they probably wouldn't want to spend all the money. Most people want to hang on to their money and have the things they want, so instead of actually buying shit outright, they charge it. Fucking what's wrong with that, dude? I'll pay for it later. Then when they call you in five years, you just tell them you got killed in Afghanistan or something. It's a terrible idea, don't do that. Some of you have probably gotten offers for your own personal credit card. Probably not. Fuck. They seem harmless enough. Buy now, pay later. What could be better than that? Nothing. Especially if you don't pay them. In today's world, a person almost has to buy on credit. It's expected. It's the norm. It's the way things are. Pay at the pump with a credit card. Order over the internet with a credit card. Purchase through TV special offers with a credit card. With a credit card, people get to acquire things without feeling the immediate dent in their pocketbooks. Which is what old people call wallets, kids. Plus, they don't have to waste the precious time earning and saving money ahead of time. So far, the only thing I know is that her occupation is writing hate speech and fucking married to a farmer. So, sorry Pete, I don't take your word too seriously on work ethic. The problem is that nothing is really yours until it's actually paid for, until it's bought. Squatters' rights disagree with you. That means the slogan, buy now, pay later, isn't true. It would be more accurate to say, use now, enjoy now, pretend you own it now. What's wrong with that? 
but it but it don't consider <laughs> it don't consider it bought until we get our money what but it don't consider it bought until we get our money unfortunately by the time something's finally paid for we are often done using and enjoying it well yeah here's an example suppose there's a new bike you want or a snowboard rollerblades hooker guitar jeans stereo system babysitter next door but you don't have enough money to buy it and since you really want it need it and really deserve it you decide to bypass the money issue and pretend there's no cost and charge it. It's not pretending there's no cost, dipshit, that's putting your name and social security number on the line as collateral. So that you will pay it. Oh my god. Now that you've got your new bike, snowboard, hooker, rollerblades, guitar, babysitter next door, jeans, next door, or jeans, etc. You're happy, fulfilled, and content. Plus, it didn't really cost you anything. Yet. Yes, that is the point of the crediting system, you fucking asshole. Then the bill comes. Bad news, you owe $200, or whatever amount. But good news, you only have to pay $10 a month. That's a great deal! That's a fantastic rate. And that doesn't seem so bad. Of course, your bill is going to have to have uh, interest added to it each month. So instead of paying 10 for 20 months, which for you math haters would equal 200 you're going to pay $10 a month for 25 26 27 maybe 30 months, depending on the interest rate. That's still not bad. That's a great deal. If you get a fantastic rate, if you get a credit card that good, millennials, take it. <sighs> By that time, the item you purchased might be broken. You might be tired of using it daily. You might have your eye on the newer model, the babysitter on the other side of the house, the other house next door. You might not even like biking anymore. <sighs> Coward. Too bad. The bill still has to be paid. Or not. There's a cost to everything. Ignoring the cost doesn't make it to go away. Millions of people get into financial trouble every year. This was also before the recession. I just realized that. Um, what we called at the time the recession, what history will probably remember is the second Great Depression. Um, it was uh, not quite the way that it is now. Fuckload of people had jobs. If memory serves. Okay, millions of people get into financial trouble every year because they continually accumulate things without paying for them up front, or paying for them at all. They are credit addicts who either don't know how or aren't willing to calculate the real cost of their purchase. Guess what? Millions of people get into physical, emotional, spiritual trouble every year for the same fucking reason. Because they continually try to accumulate and own things, meaning engage in fucking without paying for it up front by getting married. They are credit addicts who either don't know how to calculate or aren't willing to face the real cost of their actions. I want to charge that. I'm convinced that if more people knew the real cost of premarital sex, both immediate and long term, they would make different and better choices. I've been saved. Think of me as your debt counselor, financial advisor of teen sexuality, and I'll give you the facts, lay out the truth, and offer you a realistic picture of where you'll find yourself in the future based on the decisions you make now. Read to 13-year-olds. Most people think the words cost and price are negative. How much is that going to cost me? The sweater cost you how much? These prices are way too high. I hate paying full price. 
People hate paying the price and calculating the cost. It goes against our nature. Price and cost imply giving up something or going without something. Oh my god. And neither of those come naturally because the fucking banking system is not natural. We'd rather get than give. No shit! We live in a me-first world. Praise Allah. Check out any TV commercial or magazine ad, and I'm positive that you've never seen or read an ad that says, our product is pretty great, you should check it out. If it's something that you really need, then you should buy it. If not, fuck you! No, then why not save your money for something that's really important? Hey, I remember in A Miracle on 34th Street, I believe it was A Miracle on 34th Street, where he was sending the customers where they wanted to go, or where they could find what they wanted for their kids for Christmas, and he got more customers as a result. He was, they were, uh, Miracle on 34th Street's a great Christmas movie. It's Santa, I think. It might have been Elf. I'm confusing my Christmas movies. But there was a Christmas movie where he was sending customers of that store to the other store because they had the item that person was looking for, and he didn't make, like, a suggestive replacement. He just sent them where they knew, he, knew that it was. And so they came back with their family to spend money at that place because of his honesty. I went to a jewelry store once, actually, just purely fucking off, like, just, just trying to stir the pot somewhere, and uh, I asked the young lady that was working there, I was like, can you help me? Are you busy? She said no, so I asked her, uh, what says, I love you, but I don't want your boyfriend to know? She looked at me, like, waited for me to laugh, and I didn't, because I, uh, I was straight-facing her, and she said, uh, nothing here. It was commendable. Honestly, I think that was probably the most honest anyone's ever been in sales to me. Because I know they got paid commission there. And, uh... Fucking cool, man. It's, it's rare that that comes around. It's, it's cool. I'm, I'm ranting. I don't even know how I got on that fucking subject. Alright, uh... The prices are way too high. I paid full price. We live in a me first world. See what the price tag says. When the bill arrives, you respond... Your responses would surprise... Bill? For what? You mean I have to pay for this thing? Are you stupid? Another word for it is ignorance. Usually there's no excuse for ignorance. Oh, you're a cop now. Well, son, ignorance to the law is no excuse. Oh, spread your cheeks and lift your sack. Or you might ignore the cost intentionally. This happens when you check the price tag of what you want or desire, and you have a small coronary. Well, you don't have small coronaries over fucking bills because the amount is way beyond your budget, then don't pay for it. Call the bank in two years and settle. Ugh. Are you serious? I can't believe you're really gonna make me pay for that fucking thing. Another word is denial. Oh my god, I can't read any more of that. This chapter fucking sucks. The cost is never worth the payout. What? Oh my god. In the case of abstinence until marriage, the word is wisdom. The cost is always worth the payoff. Excuse me? Abstinence has a big price tag. There's another A word that doesn't make a baby that does not have a huge price tag, and that is anal. Maybe the Catholic Church should start preaching that. If a person decides to pursue a life of abstinence before marriage, there will be a cost. Everything carries a cost. It's your responsibility to know the cost. For fuck's sake, her poor usage of these words is just drilling, grating me. Okay, so she goes on to say that great thing about abstinence is there are no losers. Uh, 
the return you get on your investment could be greater than you ever imagined. Yeah, you could have a shitload of money being spent in divorce court. Because you suck in bed. Oh, chapter five. Physical consequences. I had to yada yada the rest of that chapter. It was fucking killing me, man. When I talk to teens about sex, no matter when or what part of the country I'm in, no matter how big the school is, or how big the church is, no matter whether I'm talking to girls, guys, or parents, the greatest fear associated with premarital sex is the same. And that is hellfire and brimstone and condemnation to the pit of almighty hell and darkness of eternity for the beast known as the desolate one who is the master of abortions, and that is Satan. Closely followed by pregnancy. Guys are afraid of getting girls pregnant, and girls are afraid of getting pregnant. Parents are afraid of their sons getting a girl pregnant. Parents are afraid of their daughters getting pregnant. The fear of making a baby haunts everybody. You know, I, I read about this invention that's called a, a prophylactic, a condom, a rubber, a Jimmy hat. I believe it helps prevent children. It used to be that girls were the most fearful because up until a short while ago, girls carried almost all the responsibility and dealt with almost all the consequences. Dare I say that's still the case. It's just knock somebody up, wait four months, and then shoot yourself in the fucking head and she's stuck with the baby. They were the ones who experienced the physical and emotional effects of a nine-month pregnancy. They were the ones who were talked or labeled, or talked about or labeled by their peers. This woman sounds salty as fuck. They were the ones who had to contemplate whether or not to quit school or get a job. And they were the ones who had to go through labor and delivery. And they were the ones... You get the idea. No, I don't. I'd love to hear more about your high school experience. Recent changes in the law have made guys carry their share of the responsibility. Where? Disagree. Until the baby is delivered, the guy has no legal rights. The girl can make any decision she wants regarding the pregnancy. I'm not even going to get into the politics of all that. But once the baby's born, things fucking change. After an unwed mother has given birth, she's required to give the name and social security number of the father. The father will be notified of the child's birth. If he thinks he's not really the father, he has a specific length of time, 30 days, to take a paternity test, prove his statement. And if he isn't the father, officials will go back to the mother and say, sorry, better luck next time. Until they have the real father identified, and that's when the real fun begins. At this point, the father will be held responsible for helping to support that baby financially until the child hits 18. So what they do is they call the boss that he works for and they ask what he can afford to pay in child support every month. And then the boss lies to them and they don't get anything. If the father has a job, the state will garnish his wages. They garnish according to what his manager says. If the father gets married several years down the road and begins a family with his wife, he'll still be responsible to support his bastard child through his marriage. A teen father usually ends up paying a total of $50,000 and a quarter million, depending on his income, over the next 18 years. A few years ago, I spoke at a high school in northern Minnesota, and when I was done, a popular senior guy stood up and admitted to his classmates for the first time that he was a dad, and the mother was me. Just kidding. Uh, the summer before, he'd had sex with some girl whose family had been vacationing in the area. Nice, dude. They had sex once, and neither of them thought they'd ever see each other again. They had no plans beyond having a good time one night during summer break. Yeah, that was, like, all the 60s. That was every night in the 60s. Come on, fuck-ass, what's wrong? It's just fucking party poopers, man. He worked at Burger King. Oof. Money was taken out of his paycheck to help support his baby. And that will continue at every job he has for the next 18 years. Every legal, taxable... Cited income source. Uh, 
I don't believe they're able to garnish 1099. Girls, do you want to marry a guy who's already a dad and who will be taking money away from your family to support another child? Let me rephrase that. Girls, do you want to marry somebody that made a mistake when they were young, owned up to it, they're taking responsibility and working, employed full time, and they're able to support you while paying child support to another family that they don't see? Fuck you, Pete. Fuck you. Sounds like he's a pretty solid guy. <sighs> Guys, what will you say to the girl that you want to marry someday if you've already got a child? Oh, hey, by the way, honey, for the next 10 years, a chunk of my take-home pay will be used to provide for my first child, so we're going to have to stick to a tight budget. That's fucking reasonable. You have a kid. You have a responsibility. And if this woman wants to be with you, she'll be with you. If not, fuck you. What's wrong with owning up to your... Okay, so let's back this up a little bit. Let me rephrase this. By the way, honey, for the next 10 years, I'm going to be uh, hiding when somebody rings the doorbell and ducking phone calls. And if anybody calls asking if I live here, tell them I'm going to get killed in Iraq. Uh, why? Oh, because uh, my first child, they're trying to fuck me for child support, so I just have to keep a low profile. Now, which would you rather deal with? And how do people try to avoid getting pregnant before marriage if they're wise enough to deal with the possibility of pregnancy before it actually happens? Here's a list of the most common solutions. I just had a picture of Hitler. <laughs> Fucking with the solution. They use condoms. The devil's invention. The skin of Satan's tail. Prophylactics still encourage the spread of STDs, including the death virus. They go on the pills or some other form of hormonal birth control. They have sex, oral sex, outer sex. Outer sex? Define mutual masturbation. I feel like in high school, just in general, mutual masturbation is far more awkward than any weird high school experience these people are having. Let me just sit across from you and beat off. Yeah, that's right. Whatever, but not intercourse. They have intercourse, but stop before the male ejaculates. And they abstain from sex, all sex. Well, I believe the uh, pull-out method was overlooked. It is impossible for a girl to become pregnant if she abstains from sexual activity. Or, swap the A words, if she only has anal. It is impossible for a guy to become a father if he abstains from sexual activity. Well, uh, okay, whatever. Here are some sobering stats. Also, my st <laughs> the fucking not-cited stats. More than 3,000 teen girls in the U.S. get pregnant every day! 3,000? How many fucking high schools is that? That's like four high schools every day of completely impregnated teenagers? Bullshit. Alright, I gotta cross-reference that too. What the fuck is... We just make up numbers when we want to scare you. That's what I've been doing this entire time with the podcast. I just make stuff up that sounds cool and read it back to you in a slightly organized fashion. Okay. How many teen girls... Get pregnant daily. Oh my god. Alright. This is a Planned Parenthood study. In 2013, ooh, that is a high number, 273,000 
105 babies were born to women ages 15 to 19. Oh man, okay, let me see how many that is a year. I'm gonna try to math, but that was never my forte, so uh, give me a break here. It's because the nuns would always rush me and made me nervous, so I'm scared to do math now under pressure. I can't do it. And you know what? Joke's on them, because I've, <laughs> I've been in fucking working sector for a while, and I've actually done okay. And I've only ever needed to be able to count to 20, so they can go fuck themselves. It's all useless. If you guys are in high school, math, fuck math. That being said, you have to do it. You have to go through the motions and pretend like you care. I'm in a mood. Sorry. Okay, so, uh, 273,000. 273,105 divided by 365. Uh, that is 748 are born a day, you lying whore. So suck my dick, Pete. Uh, no thank you, though, but please don't. Uh, okay, disproved. <laughs> okay, here's another 100% true statistic that I made up. Nine out of ten guys abandon their pregnant girlfriends. Um, what? Pregnant teen girls are seven times more likely to commit suicide as other girls their age. That's not true. One third of teen moms drop out of high school, making it the leading cause of girls quitting high school. Oh, is that what it is? Half of all single young moms live at or below the poverty level. They're supporting two people. This usually continues throughout the girl's lifetime. And on the flip side, if a teen graduates from high school, reaches age 20, and marries all before having a child, there's only an 8% chance of being poor. Keep in mind, before the recession. This is when pig farmers still did okay. Before the PETA infiltrated them and fucking shut down their operations and whatnot. Fuck it, it'll do. Very few teen moms go on to get a college education. I would say that's assumptuous as fucking hell. If a girl finds herself pregnant, there are essentially three options, and not one of them is a good thing. Wow, I think your Jesus would disagree with you. I think your sky god might have something different to say. She can decide to keep the baby, and the stats above show the results of the decision. Oh my god. In most teen moms, they express feelings of frustration and sorrow, and they wish they'd shot themselves in the fucking head. Um, I knew a few teen moms, and none of them said that. Abortion, number two. In today's world, both girls and many guys consider abortion as a quick and easy way for a pregnant woman to get out of the sticky situation. Well, fuck, man. It's better than getting drunk and rolling the piano around the apartment. What the fuck is wrong with you? How popular is the quick fix? I don't know. Uh, they have more fake stats. I'm going to avoid the whole abortion topic, because I don't know anything about it. Um, if you've participated in sexual behavior, you probably need to get medical help. Because it puts you at risk for an STD's infection. STD's infection. You fucking moron. If you need to seek medical help, you absolutely must discuss this with your parents. Uh, hey mom, it's your grown son. Let me talk to you about my sexual history and proclivity, or whatever, or lack thereof. I know what you're gonna say. My parents would kill me. I think my mom would just be disappointed. Though most teens feel the same way, there are very few incidents of teens being killed by their parents for seeking STD testing. Uh, I... Mm, very few, maybe, but I've, I've certainly read about that in my true crime fucking... deep dives on the internet. So the truth is, if you don't want your parents to be upset with you, 
put restrictions on your behavior because you've destroyed their fucking trust, or be strict, disappointed, and hurt, then your parents, uh, will not allow you to dictate... Oh, I'm sorry. You can't dictate their feelings any more than they can dictate yours. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Oh my god. You have broken trust as well, and there will be consequences for that. And all this is normal and expected. It, it may not be fun, but then again, there are consequences of the choices that you've made. I would hope that if teenagers feel that there's a concern for an STD, that their parents wouldn't, like, fucking humiliate them for seeking help. What shitty parenting is that? Ugh. Alright, there's an entire chapter on abortion with just made-up stats again. So, uh, oh, just because my father was a rapist doesn't mean I deserve the death penalty. Skip. Chapter 6, STDs. A teen girl has sex with her boyfriend. Unprotected sex, which includes absolutely everything that happens outside of a monogamous, <laughs> monogamous marriage relationship. It's the first time she's ever done anything like this. It was, um, well, it wasn't exactly what she was expecting. And a few weeks later, she misses her period. She's not too worried because sometimes her cycles aren't very regular. Keep in mind, as a 13-year-old boy, I had no idea what any of this meant. A few weeks later, she still hasn't gotten her period. She thinks about buying a home pregnancy test, but doesn't know where she would take it. If she does it at home, her mom or dad might find it when they're spelunking into the garbage can. None of her friends know what happened, and she doesn't want to tell any of them, not yet. And her boyfriend, well, she hasn't told them that she's missed her period. Besides, he's been acting like a douche fucker since she doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. So she goes to the crisis pregnancy center, the local one. She's a little nervous because, just because. She's never thought that this could happen to her because she can't believe she's here taking a pregnancy test of all things because being pregnant would totally ruin her life. A little while later, one of the volunteers comes out and tells her the test is negativity. She's so relieved, she can't even speak. She goes home and has unprotected celebratory pregnancy sex with her boyfriend. <sighs> it's like somebody just lifted a two-ton weight off her shoulders and she feels safe. She feels silly for having been so fucking worried. She feels free. She says, thanks. Flashes the volunteer her little tits and heads for the door. Volunteer says, hey, wait, come back here. You came in here to get a pregnancy test, right? So where are you leaving? Just because the test is negative, if you're worried about being, what? Just because the test is negative, if you're worried about being pregnant, don't you realize how many other things you should be worried about too? Oh yeah, fear. Have you ever been tested for syphilis, gonorrhea, HPV, chlamydia, herpes, AIDS, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, hepatitis C? Uh, I've never even heard of that. Trichomoniasis? Trichomoniasis. Trickle this this ass is asshole. Make up fake diseases too. The teen stares at the volunteer in amazement and thinks to herself, this person has gone off the deep end. Maybe she should consider a career change. I'm sure that the phlebotomist is probably considering a career change. No disrespect to all the phlebotomists, if I have any that listen, but I feel like this would be a miserable job. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. The volunteer stares at the teen in frustration and thinks to herself, this person Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the volunteer stares at the teen. Oh no, I'm sorry, this is just so poorly written. The volunteer stares at the teen in frustration and thinks to herself, this person is an idiot. She actually thinks that being unpregnant means her worries are fucking over. 
You know, you miss 100% of the tests that you don't take, and you pass 100% of the STD tests that you don't take. So just go home. You're not pregnant. You win. Listen up, girls. If you get pregnant before you're married, and guys, if you get a girl pregnant before they're married, you've got trouble ahead, that's for sure. But pregnancy might not be your biggest trouble. Why? Because pregnancy is not a disease. Newsflash! Pregnancy is survivable. Sometimes. Yes, your life will change. Yes, you can have some difficult decisions ahead. And yes, you made a big decision and a big mistake that's going to be a huge effect on the rest of your life. But it's not the worst case scenario, really. It's not. Oh, okay. Sometimes you're thinking, I forgot about AIDS. Okay, so it's pregnancy. That's the second worst thing that could happen, right? Wrong. If you think that pregnancy and AIDS are the biggest dangers involved in sexual activity, then you're a fucking moron. You don't have all the facts, my friend. So I'm going to give them to you right away. And don't skip this chapter because you think it doesn't apply to you. The information, in fact, my friends, applies almost to every person reading this book. Guys, it's for you. Girls, it's for you. My children and guys and girls who haven't had it or planning on having sexual intercourses, this book here is for you. Also, my children. STDs. Oh, my God. This was an entire day of listening to this woman fucking monologue. I just realized that I'm almost out of time. But on that note, I'm going to keep going anyway, because this is fucking entertaining. STDs are short for sexually transmitted diseases, meaning just what the name implies. It's an infection that gets passed from one person to another during sexual activity. Can I get an amen? From that point on, I'm going to refer to sexual activity as simply sex. Remember, that applies to everything that involves rubbing nasties with each other and not just intercourse. STD germs are passed to one another through bodily fluids and, and secretions from sitting on the toilet seats in jail. They thrive in the warm, most environmentally rich places like the human body and the good news, and there isn't much good news a concern in the STDs, amen, is that STG germs can survive outside the human body for very long. So chances are pretty slim that you can get an STD for hugging some nasty bitch or shaking hands with a dirty-ass dude. Some STDs are bacterial, amen. And that means that they can be treated with no antibiotics, but unfortunately many of these STDs exhibit fewer or no symptoms at first. So they go untreated and result in lifelong illness or psychiatric damage. Would you ever read the story about how Al Capone died? It's so fucking cool. This guy went insane from heavily or from super advanced syphilis and he died on house arrest fishing into his swimming pool with a fucking US Marshal living with him now I don't know about you but after a life of long fucking long ass life of crime that sounds badass I'm just gonna pretend that I'm fucking fish into my swimming pool not that I'm Al Capone or a lifelong criminal but if I were that's how I'd want to go out not in Alcatraz Fuck off. Other STDs are viral, can I get an amen? It means there's no cure for them. And let me repeat that to you, my children. There is no cure. And that means if you have one of them diseases, you have it for life. And there is a good possibility you will infect everybody you have sexual contact with after your incident of infection. Forty years ago, there were basically two STDs. They were both sponsored by the United States Navy. Syphilis and gonorrhea. Both, I tell you, my children are bacterial, so now they can be treated with penicillin. Today, however, there are more than 25 STDs here at the facts. 
every year in the United States alone, amen, more than 100... That's a staggering number. That's more people than we had during the last census. That's 12 trillion people are infected with STD. Okay, let me cross-reference that. 12 trillion people are infected with STDs according to an unsighted source. Uh, population? USA. Just give me a number, you fucking whore. Um, hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, not trillion, 329 billion people live in the United States. So, suck my dick, Pete, another fake fact. Maybe Donald Trump's onto something with all that fake news horse shit. I wouldn't know. Don't quote me on that either. I don't talk politics on this show. I don't talk politics at all. So, today there are more than 25 STDs and here are the facts. They're not real, these facts, so never mind, amen. Those 12 trillion people, out of those, three billion of them are teenagers, my children. Young babies from the garden, my children. Translated, that means one out of every four sexually active teenagers will contract an STD every year. Translated a little more, this means that 13% of all teens, and not only the sexually active ones, but all teens, will contract an STD every year. Amen. Have you ever heard of a Russian roulette game? It's a game, they say, where one bullet is loaded into a multi-chambered gun, and one holds the gun to their head, pulls the trigger, and hopes to walk away live. Sounds fucking great. Compare playing Russian roulette, my children, with a six-shooter to having sex with six different people, if you're so lucky. Unlucky, I mean, amen. You're more likely to contract an STD from sexual contact than you would be to kill yourself with this gun. If somebody said to you, hey, my child, how about joining us for a tantalizing game of Russian roulette, amen, I bet you'd say, are you crazy? Not even an idiot would do something that stupid. And yet, teens continue to have sex thinking about it like they can avoid pregnancy and the AIDS. They'll be fine, amen. They won't be fine, I tell you, amen. You can get an STD from sexual intercourse. You can get an STD from dry sex. You can get an STD from sitting on the toilet seats in this church. You can get an STD from using the bathroom in jail, amen. You can, in fact, get an STD from getting your dick sucked. There are some STDs you can get from kissing. If you don't believe me, read the stories in the next section that are 100% true. I tell you, amen. And they all happened to teens who thought it could never happen to me. Then read the information about each specific STD and you can cross-check all of it with the, oh, cited source, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And there are real stats based on actual test results. Amen, I tell you. Sometimes I wonder what the numbers would be if everybody who had sex was tested. Things would be even more grim and depressing, I tell you, amen. The good news, and I, like I said before, there isn't much good news, my children. But when it comes to STDs, it's that STDs are totally preventable, I tell you, amen. If you don't engage in fucking till you're married to a person who also hasn't engaged in fucking, you ain't gonna get any STDs, I tell you, amen. If there was a way, my children, to guarantee you'd never get a form of cancer, wouldn't you want to know what it was? 
And if it turned out to be something that didn't require a lot of money or time, wouldn't you immediately grab onto it and hold onto it, my children? I tell you I would, amen. I'm possible, you would. I'm possible. It's impossible that everybody in the world would not. So then why do so many people choose not to grab the guaranteed prevention for the STDs? It is because they don't know what it is. It is because they don't know the truth about STDs, I tell you, my children. It is because they are just too stupid to put the two together. Amen. I've told you once and what the guaranteed prevention is for STDs, and that is sexual abstinence until marriage. So here's the truth. When you meet the girl you're going to marry, you lie to her. You tell her you're abstaining from marriage. Met her on ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't finish that joke. After that, if you still choose to have sex and remember that sex includes a lot more than intercourse, then all I can say is you either need to work a lot harder on you two plus two, or you must not care too much about yourself, or mutual monogamy between two uninfected people is safe. But since many STDs have no signs or symptoms, Either partner could have an STD and not know it, my children. Amen. Then randomly cited source. The American Social Health Association. Thank you. When the last time Brad Pitt played a role where he slept with a woman he just met and got gonorrhea. I can never seen it, but I can see it now. It really burns when I piss. But last night, I was great, wasn't I, baby? Didn't see that one. No, me neither. Because it didn't come out. I would actually, that sounds like Fight Club, kind of. Oh, for the good old days of gonorrhea and syphilis. About 50 years ago, there were five major STDs to worry about. Wait a minute, you just said there were two. Wait a minute. Oh my God. Back then, all you had to do was get a shot of penicillin and that, and you were more or less back on your feet. She sounds like she has first-hand information about that. Now let's take a look at what might miss out on you. Or what you might miss out on to say, if you say no to to fucking... That is chlamydia. It's the most common bacterial infection in the United States. Teenagers have the highest infection rate of any group. It is estimated there are 3 million new infections of chlamydia every year. Nearly 85% of women and 45% of men this infection report no symptoms ever at all. Ugh. Amen. That's unfortunate, though, because chlamydia can be treated by antibiotics if diagnosed. If a female has it once, there's a 25% chance she'll be sterile. Oof. Unable to have children. Amen. She contracts it a second time, the number jumps to 50. A third time means she has a very good chance of never having children of her own. Well, that's fucking awful. Oof. Yikes. Ectopic pregnancies, no shit. That's fucked up. You can get chlamydia from sitting on the toilet seats in jail. Ugh. You can get the HPV genital warts, my children, I tell you, amen. Condoms don't help for that. Condoms don't prevent HPV. Yeah, ever-elusive HPV. Don't assume that no warts means no junk infections, my brothers and sisters. Herpes is not a curable disease, I tell you. Greatest danger presented by herpes is to babies, though. Hepatitis B is 300,000 people contracted in the U.S. every year. A lot of them have silent ones, though. There are no vaccinations for it. A lack of symptoms doesn't mean that you're free of disease. My children, get yourself tested, but lie to Planned Parenthood about how much you make, or else they're going to rip you off when you go in there to get, get tested. 
I told them how much I made, and they tried to charge me $900 for a fucking piss test. Told her to eat my dick, and I walked out. She told me to go to my primary care physician. I said I don't have one. Ha! Joke's on you, assholes. I got a home test. None of that actually happened, except for the billing part. I lied about everything else. If you weren't aware of it before reading this book, I hope the two previous chapters have shown you without a doubt that there are serious physical consequences in store for those of you who engage in sex activity outside a monogamous marriage relationship. Oh, for fuck's sake. Nobody can deny the reality of your emotions. I can. What if somebody walks in on us? What if we get pregnant? No, you, you will get pregnant. The guy will not. What if my parents find out? What if the rubber breaks? What if the rubber leaks? What if I can't get the rubber on? What if I don't do it right? Then you're a fucking moron. You don't deserve to reproduce, fuckass. What if I don't perform as well as somebody else? Then you're with us and someone, someone shouldn't tell you that. What if it hurts? What if he tells his friends about it? What if people start to think I'm a slut? What if he makes his dad smell his fingers? Amen. But when a married couple have sex, whether it's the first time or the tenth time or the hundredth time, there's nothing to worry about or to be afraid of, I tell you, amen. Nobody will walk in on you except maybe your own kids if you've been married long enough and you nasty sons of bitches don't lock your fucking door, amen. Your partner won't compare to anybody because there's never been anybody else. That's how you get complacent. No competition. If it hurts or doesn't go perfectly the first time, who gives a shit? The other person isn't going to dump you. Well, depends how bad it goes. And find another boyfriend or girlfriend, amen. You get to work together to create a phenomenal, exciting, satisfying sexual relationship without fear of failure. Just a guarantee. Nobody will consider you a skank or easy. A guy who only wants to get some or some other derogatory term of getting his dick wet or getting some pussy juice. When you're married, sex should happen because it's normal and everybody else is doing it. And that means it's okay, just like the Spanish Inquisition, amen. It's allowed, it's encouraged, it's wonderful. Never worry, some are wrapped in guilt of fear. The Catholics wrap everything in guilt, so she can eat my ass on this one too. Guilt feelings can happen, my children, for different reasons. If sex outside of marriage goes against your religious and personal values, you're likely to experience the guilt, I tell you, amen. If premarital's fucking is something furtive, secretive, and hidden, you're likely to experience guilt along with fear of being caught. If you and your woman are fornicating in a church, the church is closed, or the church is open, I tell you, amen, it is going to cause you guilt, my children. It's happening in a car, it's happening on the floor, it's happening in a house where people are present, or some other place where two people can barely grab a few minutes alone, I tell you. If you're worried about being caught, you begin to associate the sex with the guilt, and you eventually have a twisted view of what fucking is and should be, my children, I tell you. Regret. Once a person's decided to do some fucking, there's no going back and undoing that decision. My children, you can't undo it like a pair of jeans that don't fit right or a stereo that broke down after a week. That decision is permanent. Many regret that they won't be able to give their virginities to their spouse someday. Remember, 98% of teen couples eventually marry somebody else than each other. Many regret going against their own conscience. If an STD is contracted, that's a huge regret, especially since it can often be a lifelong infertility, my children, I tell you. When the relationship ends, there's regret at having been intimate with and exposing your innermost thoughts and feelings with somebody who's no longer a part of your life. 
Mistrust and loss of respect is a must not have, my children, I tell you. Most couples who have sex outside of marriage report stories of HPV and long-term consequences. What? Oh, no, I am missing a page there. Sorry, well. <sighs> there isn't a condom in the world that would protect your heart from getting finger-fucked. God's boundary is marriage, not almost marriage. The main regret is probably this. You have one choice to have your first sexual encounter, and whether that includes intercourse or something else, you have one chance. Don't fuck it up. One chance. And once again, that one chance has been spent, and you never get it back again. Feeling guilty yet, my children? You should, I tell you, you sinners. When you get married, you won't be able to say to your spouse, you are the first person I've been intimate with. You are the only person I've been intimate with. I have never become one flesh with another person. I tell you, you're the first. Amen. If your spouse is also able to say that to you, imagine the trust you'll have in each other. I would not. I would not trust that person at all. Every time she's out late, when she's out trying to get some strange, man, I don't trust that. Lack of experience. Fucking talks for itself. Alright, that is the halfway marker, and I am going to put my fucking eyes out with that. That has been the horrors of my 13th year, and that was sex ed when I went to Catholic school. Isn't that terrifying? No, it's kind of a little different than how we normally handle things on this podcast, but that is the scariest thing I've ever read because it was taught with fire and brimstone and straight faces with a PowerPoint presentation and dramatic music to fucking children. And I was there. And then they proceeded to slut shame all the girls that were wearing short skirts. You know, that Catholic school uniform, the fucking fetish costume they forced them to wear, which I still don't understand. Uh, they shamed all of them. When I was walking in, I seen several of these young, beautiful ladies over here exposing near their butt cheeks. Ugh. Sinners, eight man, I tell you. Yeah, it, it was fucking a joke. I was going to make these sweaters for <laughs> just talking shit about the high school I went to. I was going to make these sweaters that say, I should have gone to, you know, insert the rival school's name here, and then fucking wear them around. I got a letter to donate to them a couple days ago, or a couple weeks ago, rather, and uh, had my name already filled out, and then just fill in the donation amount and your routing number. And I just wrote, fuck you, and sent it back. I, uh, there was maybe a handful of teachers and administrators that were genuinely kind good intentioned people and all the rest of them go fuck themselves politely of course they can have sexual intercourse with their hand <sighs> so you guys I appreciate each and every one of you thank you very much for tuning in if you're new and just joining us this is not normally how these episodes go I'm just kind of fucking off and this is your comedic if you found it funny break before the epic not in uh, production but in content Jonestown ending episode, ending with the massacre in Guyana, which is fascinating, also terrifying and disgusting, but fascinating how it got there and the digression that got it there. So, if you guys liked this podcast today and this like type of fucking around, just tomfoolery, if it was too much, let me know. Oh, fucking shit. I finally have an email that you can get to me at instead of having to, like, try to message me on Instagram. Uh, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Please be patient. Just give me one second. And then I will get to who's the most influential motherfucker out of all of you. Uh, oh, man. I'm almost there. I promise. 
It's going to be Springheel Jacket Anthology of Horror.com. So if you have questions, comments, or concerns, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me. Once again, that is Springheeled Jack at Anthology of Horror.com. Please send any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, stories you want me to cover, pictures of your dog, pictures of your cat, whatever, pictures of your car. I love hearing from each and every one of you, and I will genuinely try to get back to you as soon as I can. So I really appreciate the support. Speaking of appreciating the support, that is why I've been... Not that I've gotten any offers, but why I've been planning on rejecting every sponsorship ad that I potentially get. Because I value your time, and I think you guys deserve hours of straight content without hearing stupid-ass fucking commercials right in the middle of what you're trying to listen to. Kills the vibe, kills the flow... And I respect you guys and your time, just like you guys do with me. So, mutual relationship. I can only keep getting better if you guys help me, so please, don't hesitate to do that. Please don't hesitate to uh, get in touch and stay in touch, because I, like I said, love hearing from you guys, and you guys have some great suggestions, and I'm not ignoring them. I just have a lot of content piled up, and I will get to what you suggest expediently. So, last week... Or not last week, rather. Last episode. The Jim Jones Part 3. I know it's kind of dragging, guys, but that's why I did this one, just to break it up. Last one's coming up. Alright, last week, the most influential city was Katy, Texas. Texas back in the number one spot yet again. Thank you very much, Texas. Followed by Belfast, number two, Northern Ireland. Fucking A, nice. Followed by Red Car, England, Stockholm. After that, Bristol, Connecticut. Littleton, Colorado, Rome, Georgia, Van Nuys, California. Oh man, forgive me for butchering this name. Stourport on Severn, England. Los Angeles, San Antonio, Louisville, Kentucky. South Jordan, Utah, tied with Vista, Each and every one of you for tuning back in. I genuinely appreciate the support. Uh, until next time, which will be pretty soon, stay spooky. <laughs>